I'm almost wanting to throw up in my mouth right now. Like, I'm sorry. That's just, there's something like so wrong with this. I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Well, we've made it a week. Who has already finished season three of Stranger Things? We'll be sharing our thoughts on season three later in the show, as well as some other cool pop culture gloriousness. And hey, do you think you're confident? I mean, really? Are you really, truly a confident person? I'm nerding out on confidence today. I've got some cool new thoughts on that. Did you know that Batman is real and rescuing animals? What the? Let's rock it. I'm really curious to hear about Batman later on. That was that was close, dude. Oh, that was really close. This is you almost PG. dropped an f bomb on this audience. Well, but did I? Did I really? No. Oh, I good. stopped you. <laughs> Hello, Captain Influence. I'm the real Hello. Brian. Hello, real Brian. I'm Captain Influence. Right. Oh yeah. No, no Nero today though. Nero is dead. We yeah. killed him, so he Overdone. died. Like I said, he's dead. We we don't like Nero anymore. Nero can suck it. I, I was thinking about we should just call the episode today Nero can suck it uh, has nothing to do with anything no not at all we're gonna have some fun though like I already told you what we're gonna be talking about so stay tuned for that I'm excited oh you know what else I'm gonna talk about in, in addition to Stranger Things is a little bit of a review on Spider-Man Far From Home yes please because Did- I have not seen it yet and okay. I want to hear what you thought so. okay cool well you'll, you'll, you'll hear it and it'll be non-spoilery so don't worry same with Stranger Things I've not even finished the season yet I'm only on episode four. Have you finished it? Are you are you one of those like you're done, you were done the first day kind of people? No, I, I I've been pacing myself. Uh, I have one more episode to watch. Oh, yeah. Well, so there's I'm, only I've eight. Finished, yeah, I'm through seven. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that. I'm excited. Me too. Yay! Oh my gosh, it's the middle of July already, dude. This is crazy. Where where did this summer? I mean, the summer just started, but it's like almost over. It keeps accelerating. Yep. You know what's interesting? Not going to get better. What's interesting is that 4th of July weekend, I was able to fully let down for the first time since Christmas. <laughs> let it all out, hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't wear any clothes. I mean, it was like, it was kind of like, what was that book? That Heart of, no, not Heart of Darkness. Oh, man. You know the one where they all run around and they're they're like savage on the island, oh, Lord of Lord of the Lord Flies. Of the flies. It was like Lord of the Flies the whole weekend of July Fourth, traipsing through downtown Fort Collins with a giant pig's head on a spike. No, this was this was Estes Park, and we had an elk oh, on yeah. a spike. Um, even giant, better, giant elk, man. I mean, not even just the head; it was the whole thing. Lot lot of weight right there, man. Let me tell you, I, I've gotten Dang. pretty buff since then. No, it was interesting because you know we recorded. Our episode came out Friday the 5th last week and then the weekend came and it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm finally relaxing. It's amazing. I mean, granted, everybody knows what's happened since 2019 started. If you've been listening to the episodes, mm-hmm. it's been an intense year and even saying, okay, we're going to take a, a day off, you know, we're taking Saturday or Sunday off every week. It's just not enough, man, because it takes you a day just to come down off of everything 
And even then it's like, I've been under so much stress that I have this bizarre kind of like a low level anxiety. That's just going on no matter what. I mean, I'm watching a great funny show and all of a sudden I have like an anxiety attack. I'm like, dude, where does this come from? And it's just, Oh my gosh. So what was interesting is over the weekend of, of the fourth, I finally got a chance to just not worry anymore. And, you know, I was, I was far enough removed from work and the stress at that point, been a couple days. I was breathing deep again. The anxiety went away. I'm like, okay, I need more breaks. You just got to pop some Lexapro or Lorazepam and <laughs> chill out, buddy. Dude, screw that. Go straight to the heroin. <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny. I ran into a guy that uh, he's actually just graduated from CSU and he was in the I don't know, sports and exercise science kind of, I I think that was the major. It was a fitness program. That's where we used to play basketball over at CSU. And he was getting his practicum kind of work and stuff, you know, as part of the class and stuff, he'd come in and learn how to train people and stuff, but he'd come play basketball with us. Real cool guy. His name's Dylan. And I ran into him this week at the food truck rally, which food truck rallies are back. Woo. Booyah. And it was interesting because, you know, he was talking about, oh, I just graduated and, and everybody's asking me, what are you going to do next? And what job are you going to go to? And you know, that typical pressure you get, it's like on graduation day, you throw your hat up. Congratulations. What's your job? Where are you going to go work? I'm like, uh, I'm going to go massage some big guys legs after a game and, yeah, uh, I'm going to oil them up, rub some, rub some icy hot into his muscles. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what I do for a living. Big hairy guy named tiny, tiny is his name. Yes. Uh, <laughs> He did say that actually he's going to become a professional masseuse of giant uh, Scandinavian men or Russian men, preferably Russian men. No, that's, that's not what he said. Well, that, okay. I guess Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would fit into that. He doesn't really play anymore. He's not Scandinavian either. No, not really. Partially, but not really. But anyway, so it was very interesting because it reminded me of the fact that we are so hell bent on what's next what are you doing? What do you do versus like, Hey, nice to meet you, you know, and just let's get to know the person, well, not, not the the profession. But I got to thinking, man, just take a break, dude. You, you've got a summer, you've got the rest of your life to work. And I said, if there's one thing I struggle with, it's finding time to rest these days and finding time to just have downtime. So I'm going and take the summer off, dude. Don't worry about it. Go back to work or school or whatever, you know, in the fall. Like give it a couple weeks, give it a month, give it yeah. a two, you know, take downtime. Right. He was kind of like, yeah, that's a good idea. I was like, I haven't really done. Well, I hope he takes your advice on that. Cause that's a great idea. Too. There's and, no reason you can't take a couple weeks just to do nothing at all between totally. those two phases in your life. So yeah. Yeah. Even in between jobs, you know, when people say I'm, I'm quitting this job or I got laid off and I'm getting ready to go to a new job. I know people who will end their job one day and the next day they're starting their next job. And I'm like, dude, take a vacation in between at least, I mean, at least a week, if not two weeks in between jobs. I mean, granted, if you're making minimum wage and you can't afford to do that, I understand. But if you're making a decent salary, then get some financial, you know, smarts on you and save enough money so you can take a week or two off in between jobs, man. It's, it's so necessary and worth it refreshes. It's good. So, you know, me learning this once again, like, oh yeah, I need more time off. (sighs) It's great, dude. I feel refreshed. You sound like it. Yeah. Do you remember we were talking about this prior to the NBA finals and I had an opinion on Kawhi Leonard from the Toronto Raptors. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that in the 2018 basketball season, he was with San Antonio Spurs 
and there was this whole drama about him wanting out and he was injured and all that. And there was a lot of rumor. I don't know what the truth is really, but there was a lot of rumor between him saying, well, you know, he was injured, but you know, halfway through the season he was healthy and he just refused to play because he didn't like playing for the Spurs for whatever reason. Again, I don't know the truth behind it, but there was a lot of attitude that I heard about when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. And then he, you know, demanded to get out of the Spurs and out of his contract. And so they, okay, fine. He moved. He's at the Toronto Raptors now. Oh, he leads the Toronto Raptors to the NBA championship. All the people were happy that we're rooting for the Raptors. Oh, yay. Well, I even said this. I was never a fan of his actions, his decision, that kind of thing. Like I always felt like too much money. And, you know, the, the drive for a championship with no concern for fans was his focus, you know, no loyalty sure. to the team, that kind of thing. And of course, Toronto wins. Everybody's happy and they're throwing parades and blah, blah, blah. And it's true, by the way. When did that happen? That was June, right? The championship. Yeah. It's only been a few weeks. And this early this week, he's gone, man. He's not even in Toronto anymore. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, see, that's the thing. I money, hate money, this. Money, money. Yeah. So he is like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll join uh, Paul George. I think Paul George from the Oklahoma Thunder. I'm, a, You know, by the way, Paul George wanted out of his contract, too. I'm like, can't you just stick around for the contract, dude? You have a freaking contract. Honor your contract, right? Nope. They want to like, let's just move. We're going to the L.A. Clippers now. And I'm like, it's all about the money, man. It's all about this weird desire to just chase money, chase championships, chase whatever. It's no regard for fans or loyalty to teams anymore. Times are changing, Brian. No, dude, that's just, like it used to be. I'm going to tell you what, the internet. That, that is wrong, man. That is not how you treat people. Uh, that is wrong. Yeah. Kids these days. Tell you what. Tell you what. Tell he, you what. He ain't a kid, man. Well, maybe he is. I don't know. I think he's in his 20s. But even the NBA commissioner had to mention something about this this week as well saying that the trades this year were a little over the top and we've got a lot of work to do in the NBA because of how things have been happening. So good for you, NBA commissioner. I really do truly hope that you do something about it because he even said something in there about contracts exist for a reason. If the teams are following through on their contracts, the players should as well. I'm like, amen, brother. Duh. Why haven't you been implementing that or enforcing it? I guess. Uh, so now it's a question of whether lawyers will let him act oh, upon that. Of course successful. they will, man. You of know course. how much money these guys make? Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're getting these like three to, let's say three year deals are in the 50 million range and the five year deals are <laughs> upwards of a hundred and something, hundred and something million dollars for five years. Wow. Holy crap. It's a different planet. Totally different existence than what I know and am used to. So, And again, you know, this goes back to our conversation we had a a while ago about should we be judging people on how much they make? No. No. Because there's only one Kawhi Leonard. There's only one Kevin Durant, right? That's fine. I am not either of those people. And so therefore I will never be able to compete at that level. So therefore I would never command that kind of money. That's fine. Yeah. But stop complaining. (laughs) Just stop complaining. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have a question. This is is for you. This is for everybody listening here. What type of communication do you prefer and do you primarily use? So for example, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Slack, discord, email, even text, Snapchat. You tell me you can give me two, but pick one primary one that you love and that you're primarily using. Go ahead. Well, for me, it's texting, but that's just one-on-one. Okay. For group communication, I prefer Slack. That's just my, 
That's my platform. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter, not on Instagram. Discord, I only use when we're chatting. Or gaming. So, or ga- right, yeah. gaming, yeah. So text, yeah, that's my answer. Okay, so text for one-on-one, and actually that's a good point. So one-on-one, what do you prefer? And then also group style. Text for one-on-one and Slack for group. Okay, and I'm I'm asking everybody listening, by the way, and I do want you to get in touch with me. And by the way, I don't care how you get in touch with me. Just somehow get in touch with me and tell me where you primarily communicate and you know, what you prefer. Because it's so funny. I was thinking about this the other day. We are kind of a unique group of people that are with this show because many of us use various platforms. So, you know, if I was targeting, you know, teenagers and 20 somethings, you know, I'd probably be pretty much on Instagram and Snapchat probably right mm. if i'm for targeting yeah, exactly for now this right? week yeah and <laughs> it's it's like twitter it's like people are on people are off people are who knows facebook's one of those things where it's typically an older generation and by older i don't mean old older but older than the 20s like it's probably mid 30s and up probably i mean again i don't really know for sure but that's likely what's going on that's what it feels like right yeah so i have this crazy little example that here's how i feel when it comes to social communication with all of us 20 of us are having dinner. I'm just using 20 as an arbitrary example. 20 of us are having dinner, but we've all decided to split up into five to seven different groups who are all eating in five to seven different rooms. So I have to go back and forth between each room and talk to each of those different little groups of people instead of us just sitting at one table in one room, which I don't mind even splitting up into two. Like you're in a same restaurant, but you're at two tables. Okay, that's fine. Cause you're still kind of next to each other, but you kind of have to move around a little bit. That's okay. But I don't really want to pick something where we're all in the same area instead of like, we got five people on Slack. We got five people on Facebook. We got five people over here on Instagram, but you know what I mean? Like this is just getting ridiculous. So tell me what you primarily use and I'm going to take the majority and I'm just going to primarily focus on that one or two platforms for now. So yeah. if you're a Slack user, Dude, he's I consolidating. Love it. Guy. He's consolidating to. guys. Come on. I have to because I want to be communicating more <laughs> and I feel like I'm just like, okay, th- I, this is crazy. So yeah, I'm an extrovert, but put me in one room kind of thing and let's have fun. <laughs> so yeah, let me know what it is. Somehow get in touch with me. I mean, honestly, email may be where it's at, even though the problem with email is people can't communicate with each other. So that yeah. might be the problem, even though I, I'm, you know, I used to have that email list on the show and I really enjoyed that, but um you know, it's a one-way communication for the most part. Same with text, although you can do group texts, but it's a little more confusing. I mean, I know that there's like even WhatsApp, but I'm not a huge fan of that. I, I, I'd like Slack better than WhatsApp, to be honest. And although I don't have a problem with, you know, we've got that Facebook group. I have no problem with that Facebook group. But again, you're not on Facebook and other people I know that aren't on Facebook and they're like, I'm only on Instagram. And it's like, okay, we can't communicate like that. So let me know and we'll pick the best and we'll go from there. Well, my wife's on the Facebook group. She represents for me. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And she says things about you and from you that I know you did not approve and that's okay. Oh, I did not know that. I'll have to check that out. Totally kidding. (laughs) I know. (laughs) She's on the Facebooks. At least it's not the AOLs. Oh my gosh. Did you know they're still around? I suspected, and that's really weird. It's hilarious. that's That's where the older, older folks are as AOL. And Johnny Pistol Shot. And, and Johnny, not, well, he's, he's, he's older. older. Well, he's older than no, some, he's, but he's not old. He's a little older than me. Is he though? Well, maybe a year. 
But anyway, not a year. Yeah. He's not like, you know, 30 <laughs> years older than you kind of older people. <laughs> well, then Johnny's just stubborn. If he's still on AOL, that's exactly on, what he is. <laughs> I'm not getting off AOL. Good enough for me. That's exactly what he said. It's a joke. It's a, I think he's actually doing it as a badge of honor now. Not even necessarily that he cares. <laughs> Like, I'm still here. Like, okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? It's a good time. All right, dude. So let's get into this little nerding out segment here. There's a couple things. I would say two things that we're nerding out on this week. The two things are, and this is cool. You're going to love this one. The benefit of video games. Like actual Wait. benefit, man, of playing video games. There's more to it. It's not just that. What's, oh, what's more oh, to it? I'll tell you in a minute. I'm just saying that's <laughs> one of the things we're going to talk about and, and get excited. And then the second thing will be about confidence that I brought up in the beginning of the show as well. So, okay. The first thing is, and, and honestly, this is pretty short with the benefit, but they're actually working on technology right now that we will be able to use our brains. So we're connected like neural connectivity. Mm-hmm. You remember in back to the future when he goes back to 1955 and it's like, and doc has that huge giant like headpiece yeah. thingy that he puts on yeah. Marty. It's like that. Or I guess he has it on himself first and then Marty's playing with it later. So yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that where you're going to connect your brain up and you're actually going to play with other people. And right now that's what they're doing is using games and they're trying to figure out how people can think certain things in order to be able to communicate to each other and the other person receives it almost telepathically in a sense, but it's connected, you know, through these little wires and stuff. So if somebody says like they're thinking yes or no, they focus on a certain color. So like the color green means yes. And the color red means no, something like that. And so by Mm -hmm. thinking of the color green, the other person gets the signal that I said, yes, baby steps. Yeah. It's so cool. And they're doing kind of like a Tetris style game where they're trying to figure out how to work together. So the whole point is, is this is a ways off obviously, but they're trying to find ways where we'll be able to connect to each other, utilizing our brains. I just think it's so cool. And we'll be able to play games that together. Is, so that's really cool. But I'm, I'm a little apprehensive about the whole thing because not, not for any moral reasons or, or ethical reasons at all, but just Pri- privacy nor privacy reasons. I just can't wrap my head around how that technology would mature. Unless it were in, unless you were in a virtual reality simulation with someone else or with a group of people and you were connected in that simulation with your minds rather than just with hardware. So I could see that a couple hundred years in the future or something like that, or, you know, a hundred years, whatever. But in the meantime, I can't wrap my head around it yet. So sure. Well, the practicality of it. And I think, you know, they're starting off with games because that's the simplest way they know how to do it. But one of the things they're they're doing for the future is to say people to collaborate in a way to solve extremely tough problems in a way that one brain alone can't solve. And also in the sense where people have a hard time communicating what they're trying to say. For example, some people are so brilliant, their brains are going nonstop and their mouths cannot keep up. Right. And they can't articulate what their brains are coming up with. Exactly. Yeah. Even though, you know, some of us have that gift and some, some, some people don't, right? So yeah, it's, it's, they're trying to do it in a way that will just create some incredible collaboration and problem solving and other just amazing things down the road. So the game is just a way to do it. It's not just for gaming, but it's saying because of gaming, it's creating this amazing new potential for us in the future, which is great. The other thing too, by the way, is they're saying that, and they used this as an example, just because of the open world type of. Lego building creativity is that playing Minecraft 
without rules, by the way, can make you more creative. So what they did is they said they took a sample group that watched a TV show and they took a sample group that played Minecraft and said, go for it. No instruction, no rules, do whatever you want. And then they took another sample group and they said, play Minecraft, but here's exactly what we want you to do. And they found that the group that actually played Minecraft with the instruction was less creative than the group that was just watching a TV show, which was kind of funny. Interesting. But the group that was playing Minecraft and, you know, no rules, no instruction, just go for it, build whatever you want. It like enhanced their creativity in extreme ways. So they're saying playing video games can make you creative, but again, certain types, right? Yeah. So very cool. There are benefits to video games. Wow. Again, see, if you're really good at it, you can raise lots of money. If you're not very good at it, you can just unlock your muse with video games. I got to bring this up because there's just something wrong with the world in this. And this, this isn't necessarily a negative thing, but I got to bring this up, dude. So there's a cosplayer for those of you who are not familiar with the term cosplay, that's costume role-playing. So somebody who I think I know which one you're talking about. I'm going with this. So (laughs) can we thank Mike ahead of time? This was from uh, Furio. This was from Furioso. Oh, that's right. Furioso. Fred. Yep. That's right. Mike commented on it. Fred's the one who showed us the article. Go ahead. So, Anyway, for those people who cosplay, you know, they dress up like Batman and they, you know, go to cons and stuff like that. So there are apparently a lot of Instagrammers now who are doing cosplay. They're dressing up as their favorite video game characters, movie characters, et cetera, et cetera. And then just taking pictures of themselves. And, you know, that's their Instagram thing, which is I mean, that's cool, right? It, I think that's <laughs> whatever, cool. whatever. When, <laughs> when people actually do costumes right and dress up and it's like, dang, that's really cool. It's creative. They've put a lot of time and work into it. Like, that's cool to me. Sure. Well, apparently some of these Instagrammers are making money because they're doing that and they're selling, I don't know, stuff. And, you know, here's my cool photos and stuff. Well, this one Instagrammer who apparently is very six. I don't even know who this person is. Of course, I don't really follow these people, but they're very famous apparently in that group and they sell a bunch of stuff and they're very successful and they have a lot of followers. They decided to sell the bathwater that I'm just going to say it. She decided to sell the bathwater that she bathed in. And people were buying this stuff. And I'm like, okay, there is something ridiculously wrong with people. One with her for even considering that in the first place. Like that's wrong, dude. I'm sorry. Just because you can command that doesn't mean that you should do that. That is disgusting. That is, that's like taking advantage of people, man. I'm sorry. But the fact that people are buying it, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not surprised. She is extremely attractive. It doesn't matter, it's bad but water. it does matter. It's disgusting. <laughs> it matters to some people. Now, if some guy were the most popular cosplayer on planet Earth, sold, tried to sell his bathwater, I don't think he'd be half as successful. Dude, if Brad Pitt in his prime sold his bathwater, I guarantee okay, you he okay, could have okay. done it. He could have done it. Movie it's, stars exempted. I'm talking cosplayers. It's still, though. <laughs> Come on. Everybody showers. Everybody knows why you shower nobody wants to keep that like i just hope disgusting. i just hope that the little containers of bath water she sold when you shake them up they suds up inside it, like magic no oh. so like you could tell it was bubble bath water oh okay if it was just a if it was just a jar of of gray water that you know ew but if it was a nice clear 
jar of water that suds up when you shake it because it had soap in it. It's still disgusting, dude. That'd be a little. I, I'm little sorry, more, like, yeah. like I'm almost wanting to throw up in my mouth right now. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> that's just there's something like so wrong with this. <laughs> oh, I completely oh. agree. <laughs> like seriously, people. I mean. Okay, so I guess this comes down to uh, don't use your power for stuff like that. Please, come on. You can do so much better than that. Oh my gosh. You know what? Okay, I want to jump to this. I'm going to come back to my thing that I'm nerding out on, but this really does transition well into the unleashing of the superhero of somebody who is doing a really, really good thing with his, quote, power and fame. You found this, and I love it. And this is a guy. It's Batman. I mean, tell me about Batman. Yeah, so the Batman thing. So there's a guy in Orlando, Florida named Chris Van Dorn. He's in his late 20s. He dresses up like Batman and transports rescue pets to their new homes. That's so cool. So, yeah, and he's got a really good Batman outfit. He also has a sidekick Australian shepherd called Mr. Boots that he dresses up like Robin, and they visit hospitals and do charity events and stuff. So. Nice. <laughs> but this guy has a GoFundMe site called Batman Four Paws. That's a number four, P-A-W-S. Uh, so if you're more, if you, if you have any interest in it, check it out. But I thought that was a, that was an interesting unleashing your superhero story. Yeah. I love that. But see, oh, and guess go. where I found the story. Uh Oh, goodnewsnetwork.org. Yeah. Every day, man. Dude, I'm, I'm so thankful you brought that up. Sarah's been looking into that stuff lately. I, I finally Good. started checking it out. I'm like, this is so cool to have just positive oh, I, stuff. And it's so legit too. It's, it's professionally yeah. done every day. There's new stories. And they're virtually all about people unleashing their superhero. And you can't go wrong. It's just that good. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, there you go. So there's a person who can use his fame and power and, you know, Batman, which is awesome. And do great things with that influence. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And he's already raised like 32, almost $33,000 from his GoFundMe site. Wow. That's great. That's so awesome. Yeah. How cool would it be yeah. to be like, you see this guy, you see Batman literally like walking around and like rescuing animals. And you're like, what the, did I just see Batman rescue a dog? <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh man. See, and I used to dress up like the shadow for, you know, Halloween and stuff like that. So maybe that's what I could do. I could dress up like the shadow again and lurk from building to building and rescue. I don't know. People. People wouldn't recognize you as much as Batman. Yeah, that's true. The shadow is nowhere near as famous anymore, even though the shadow influenced the creation of Batman without yeah, the shadow. No. There would be no Batman go back 60, 70 years and you'd be yeah. Mr. Popular. Although they'd probably throw you in jail too, but that's uh, true. <laughs> Especially with his large silver pistols. That would not be a good idea. That's right. Mm, I have two guns, one for each of you. So I've been nerding out on confidence and we know we've talked about it on the show. It's this ongoing journey. It's funny. I was thinking back because, you know, you look back on years and you think, oh, okay, that went really well. That was good. You know, this didn't go so well. What's going on? And I was one of those super confident people, kind of borderline cocky. And it was interesting too, because I actually realized that I, I knew less back then as well, which of course I do find that knowledge can actually, you know, people say knowledge is power. I've actually find that knowledge can truly be a curse if you don't, utilize it if you don't apply it if you don't turn it into wisdom and stuff like that because then you just know too much so for example in i would i would play piano right and i would just believe that i was the best pianist in the room or in the area even though i knew that wasn't true right there were other people that were better than me but i just like ah, i would believe i wouldn't go out and say i'm the best i would of course i was never like that but it was just 
I would believe I was the best and that I had something that people needed. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that was true did not matter. I just had that type of confidence. And, you know, well, it that's exactly what it was. It was needed because then people were like, wow, this guy's awesome. And, you know, wow, his, then, his music I, impacts me. It's amazing. I don't see anything wrong with that as long as you're not telling other people you're the best. Exactly. So, no, the point of the story is that as I learned more and learned what other people were doing, I realized, well, I'm nowhere near the best. So now my confidence was gone. So when Uh, I would perform, I never had that confidence. I didn't think I was the best anymore and people weren't as impacted. And it probably reflected in your performance. Totally did. To some extent. It totally did. And even, even that's been the way in business, you know, like I would, I'd start businesses when I was younger and I was like, ah, you know, I just, I'd go do it. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't even know what the options are. I'm just going to go do it. I don't know what the limits are. I don't know what's possible or impossible. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to go do it. And I would always succeed when I started yeah. learning what was possible and impossible and what other people were doing and how you would, you know, somebody would say, Hey, I'm making $400,000 a month. They didn't tell you how they started. They didn't tell you the struggle that they went through when they were starting. They just told you how awesome they were right now. And I got to thinking, I can't do this. So my confidence died. And well, you know, now that I know too much about business, I haven't been as (laughs) successful because you know what I mean? Like I just, instead of just going out and just kind of stupidly going after it and then figuring it out along the way, because of course you have to, you have to figure out logistics. You have to, you know, pivot and overcome adversity and stuff like that as you go. That's the way it works. But it's like when you know too much, you get that paralysis by analysis and you just, well, never mind. I don't even want to try that, you know? Uh, yeah. So I have found that, of course, the more I've learned, the less confident that I've gotten, the more that I've, quote, been around the block, the more people have beat me down over the years. And you just, you know, you get less confident. I mean, it's just the way it is, right? I'm, I'm not the only one here. Well, but that being said, I just know that there are a lot of people also whose brains work a little differently and who... The more, the more knowledge they gain about a certain subject that they're interested in, the more confident they get. Sometimes, so it's, yes. just, it's, it's, it's a person-to-person type of thing. So it's interesting that you had that reaction to an accumulation of knowledge that kind of knocked the wind out of you instead of where I would expect for someone. It, it makes more sense to me that someone who is interested in any given subject, the more knowledge they have about it, the more confident they are about it. So... Yeah, that's that's a really interesting dichotomy, well, I guess. To be fair, though, it's not knowledge about a topic as much as it is knowledge around the topic. So sure. if I learn more about podcasting and, you know, how to be a better performer, how to do interviews better, that kind of thing, that does not make me less confident. That makes me more confident. Mm-hmm. But what I'm talking about is that if I learn about what others are doing. And so, for example, if I look at my competition and I see what they're doing and I see how successful they are. It makes me less confident rather than if I just don't even pay attention to the competition, then I just go forward thinking I'm the best. Right. Even though I may not be, I'm thinking that which makes me confident. Does that make sense? It's not about learning more about the topic per se. It's learning more about, I don't, I don't know how to explain this, but if you learn more about what could be versus just going after it, you know, the more that I, I think that creates more fear. I think it creates less confidence, so on. Never tell me the odds. But not talking about like the actual topic. Like if I need to learn more about podcasting, that helps me to grow in my craft. But if yeah. I'm learning more about what could be or who failed or who succeeded or how much this person's make or uh, you know what I'm saying? Like 
you start getting to those types of things, that's where it creates fear. It creates anxiety. It anxiety, creates, yeah. you know, yeah, all kinds Insecurity. of things. Yes, exactly. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. It's kind of like if I didn't know that men should have six packs and be able to rip their shirts off and confidently show their six pack abs off all the time. If I didn't know that in order to get a girl, you have to have that, then I wouldn't care. Right. I would just try to be healthy and do my thing. You don't have to have that. to get. Well, but that's not what you're told. I mean, I, I did, but that doesn't mean everyone has to trust. Well, you've got a six pack. I know, but you know what I'm saying? I I think, okay, you went for the eight pack. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, and of course, that's, you know, I'm totally being facetious here, but I'm saying that there <laughs> is a lot. It's like, I didn't know I needed those shoes. I didn't know I needed that car. I didn't even, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So I think yeah. that some knowledge is really good to have because it actually empowers you and gives you confidence, like you said. And some knowledge is like, you just didn't need to know that. You know, I didn't need to know that so-and-so murdered this person right. all the time. So, Fair enough. yeah. Okay. All of that being said, I've lost confidence over the years due to a lot of these factors. And so I've been on the journey of saying, okay, how do I, you know, I can't go back to the innocent, naive person that just didn't know this stuff, you know, because I, unfortunately I do know it now. I can, however, make decisions going forward saying, okay, well, I'm not going to search. I'm not going to look at what my competitors are doing anymore. I'm not going to try to figure that, you know, I'm just going to go, I'm going to confidently move forward. So I've been in kind of the journey of what does it take to gain back confidence, you know, and what does confidence look like? And I've also been kind of nerding out on a little bit of the, the uh, nuances, like the, the social cues, the nuances, the subtleties of confidence, like how you come across to somebody just by them looking at you, little things like that, you know? Yeah. So yes, this is a nerding out segment. This could also go onto the Unleash the Superhero segment, take it however you want. But I have some new thoughts. It was funny. I've been observing people and of course myself and also reading about some of the stuff in the level of confidence that we all have. And so that's why I was asking at the beginning of the show, like, do you feel confident and do you really feel like you're a confident person? So for example, when you're having a conversation with somebody or we're doing the show here or whatever, what do we say? Do we say too much? Somebody asks you how you are. Do you know if they really care or not? You know, I mean, if it's a (laughs) personal close friend that you know, you have their ear and you guys can tell each other anything, that's a totally different story. But you know, your average acquaintance or, you know, friend, maybe not great friend, but friend. Do you say things that make them kind of go, I probably shouldn't hang out with this person anymore. You know what I mean? I shouldn't have asked that question. Yeah, I didn't actually care. (laughs) So (laughs) things like that. This is something I actually just thought about is let's say you haven't seen someone for six months, a year, 10 years, whatever you get together. And it's just like, oh my gosh, man, what's been going on? Like I haven't seen you. What's new? Do you immediately recount all of the struggles and the negatives that's happened? Oh my gosh. You wouldn't believe like, you know, my grandparents died and you know, or we had a flood in our kitchen and which by the way, all happened, you know, you know, I mean, (laughs) do you immediately go to that? Right. Or do you be like, dude, you know what? We just had this great time in Estes park for the 4th of July, you know, got to go to Vegas and, you know, interviewed 28 amazing people, stuff like that. Like depends on the person. But no, but I'm, I'm asking, like, what do you do? What do you do, by the way? What do Captain? I do? Yeah. Um, do you go to the negative or the on, positive? 
It depends on my mood, to be honest. Oh, okay. Depends on the day and the, and the moment in the day. What do you think people like are more attracted to? And again, these aren't well, your close, close friends. Clearly. Oh yeah. No, anybody friend, close friends or not are going to be far more attracted to a positive, shorter answer because the reason they're asking in the first place, most of the time is just because of the social contract. They're not asking because they truly care. Uh, and even, even if they do truly care about you, uh, mm-hmm. they're not asking you, how's your summer been? Or how's your year been so far? Because they want to listen to you recount all the things that have happened to you that year, obviously. <laughs> yeah. With that in mind, you're always going to be better off answering shortly and with positive things rather than just recounting all the stuff, even if it's a bunch of positive stuff. Yeah. No one wants to sit there for 10 minutes. It's just going to get awkward after a while. So. Sure, sure. I think you're right. And I think two people will, sadly, this is all very subconscious. They'll make their decision as to whether or not they want to continue hanging out with you. You know, the frequency, the level of depth, that kind of thing based on, mm-hmm. I hate to say this, but how quote successful you are. And and by the way, success is not defined in how much money you make or whatever. I'm talking about success can be your attitude and your mindset too on life. I just meant you're not a negative person. You're a positive, you're a positive person. You're a winner, that kind of thing. But again, this goes back to the close people that you have their ear. That's a different story. You can talk about, you should talk about both so that, you know, you can say, well, this is what happened and I'm trying to deal with this right now. Get the support you need work through it. You know, you shouldn't shove things under the rug, of course, but I would agree with you wholeheartedly that most of the people that you come across, they don't want to hear the negatives. And if all you ever hear is the negatives, you're going to think that person kind of sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they also don't want to hear a ton of positives because what if their life isn't going that yeah. well? And then they're just going to be bombarded by all this great stuff in your life. And they don't want to hear that either. So they're asking most of the time because they're supposed to because of the social contract. Well, sure. But I'm uh, this, this is about confidence in how you present yourself. So if I say, sure. if I focus on the negative, then I'm lowering my confidence and I'm going to believe and, and that their that's perception who I am. of your confidence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm focusing on the positives, even though there are, I mean, it's okay. And honestly, I was even just talking to somebody I haven't seen in a while today. And I thought I'm going to focus on the positives for sure. But there was a time in the conversation that warranted me bringing up the negatives. And so I said, well, here's what happened and here's what it caused, but here's where I'm going with this. And it's truth. Like for example, when somebody, when a cardiologist comes to me and says, well, your heart palpitations, you know, it's just age as you get older, it's just going to happen. It's just age. I'm like, no, dude, that's not an okay answer for me. I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to get to that point. So it's not about, oh, well, I guess that's my lot in life. I'm not going to come on, you know, so go after that. Anyway, so there was a point where it warranted. Let's talk about the negatives, but now let's talk about where I'm going with it and how I'm trying to overcome it. So that's okay, too. But I know these people, too, and they did not want to hear my negatives. They didn't want to hear the struggles. Yeah. And it would have made me look stupid. So I'm like, no, I'll present it in a good way. All right. Well, that's just one thing. This is something I recently just heard. When you say like, I want a good job with a healthy environment, something I enjoy doing every day. You know, I make enough money to pay the bills, you know, good, good amount, right? It's not, not too little, that kind of thing. Or uh, I want peace in my life. I want to, you know, be surrounded by joyful people and, you know, positive people, or I want to, I don't know, I want to lose 20 pounds and be healthy, you know, whatever the case is, right? Pick something that it's like you want this to happen that is good for you. You can't you can't pick something you want to happen that's bad for you because that 
that just totally negates this point here. So <laughs> pick something that you want that's good for you, that's healthy for you, that you know makes sense, it's realistic, that kind of thing. Well, the the thing that I heard is when you say that, most people will stop there. Like, I want to lose twenty pounds and be healthy, and they versus, say that. Versus, I want to eat six boxes of uh, Girl Scout cookies next year <laughs> in a row. Uh, how about in the next week? <laughs> uh, they're not selling them right now. Get some of them dosey dos. I mean, when they sell them again. Well, that's true. So what. saying it is one thing, but the question was, do you ever actually expect it to happen? So for example, if I say I want to lose 20 pounds and I want to, you know, be healthy versus I actually will and expect to lose 20 pounds and finally be a healthy person and eat healthy and stay healthy. I expect that. I believe it. I know it's going to happen. Watch it. I get to. Yes. Remember that episode? Exactly. I don't have to. I get to. (laughs) So I saw that and I was just like, dude, that is such a great little quote. Like everybody says they want something, but I would say that only a fraction of people ever actually expect it to come true. I don't believe most people ever expect it. You know, they'll say, well, I want my podcast to have, you know, 10,000 listeners or, or make this much money. I hear that all the time because I'm in the podcasting world. But I would say that probably less than 5% of those people actually expect it to happen. Right. So I loved that. That's amazing. That's confidence right there. Another thing I was reading was like, are you confident in the way that you present yourself in the way that you dress in the way that you you know, like you take a shower, right? So you feel good, you smell good, and therefore you will come across more confidently. You just will versus, yeah. man, I kind of stink and I, I'm all greased up and you're kind of like embarrassed to go out, right? Well, go take a shower then, you know? Do you believe you're a confident person? You know, those are some things like that. Do you have, I, I called the strong frame in relationships and meetings and in connections, you know, or do you let people walk all over you? Uh, they were even talking about that there's a study where and I think it was mostly with guys, but still it was the idea where keeping your chin up and not like in a snotty way, but you know, you're not, you're not lowering your head, but your eyes are, you know, level with people, your chins up just a little bit. You walk around, you know, with your shoulders back and your kind of chest out, but again, not, not over the top. We're talking just the perfect just posture kind posture. of thing. Yeah. They're saying that like others find that so attractive versus mm-hmm. the other way oh, yeah. that it's, it's like almost staggering. And I thought, man, that's crazy. You don't think about that. Uh, in fact, they were even talking about men that walk around with great posture, kind of put their chin up just a little bit. And, you know, they're very pleasant. They're not mean or anything like that. That draws the most like head turns essentially versus, of course, the person who has poor posture and looks like they're, you know, not confident and life's kind of beat them up, that kind of thing. And then also even this one's kind of surprising. The guy that walks around that's just smiling at everybody. Apparently that's even less attractive than the person who's got the chin up more confident in in a weird way. I don't know. Now, granted, I think once you get to know the person, that's a totally different story. But so anyway, I've been nerding out on that a lot lately just to more figure out like, Oh, what's that all about? And why are we, you know, immediately attracted? And I don't mean like just physically attracted, but I'm talking about what draws us in, you know, when we connect with others, what's it about that person? How do they, present themselves and go from there. So I keep asking, like, are you confident? Do you truly feel like you're a confident person? And if not, do you want to be confident? How do we continue to get confident together? And how do we present ourselves in those ways? There you go, man. There you go. Stranger things time. So you have not finished it, but you have one episode left. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, 
I've been enjoying it, having a really good time, but I, yeah, I'm on the fourth episode, so I don't know a whole lot yet, but it's yeah, you're halfway. really good so far. It's a good ride, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So let's hear your thoughts first. So obviously without spoiling anything, I can only give you really impressions, but it's really good. You know, they raised the bar pretty high in the first season. They nudged it up a little bit, in my opinion, in the second season, although it was pretty, you know, it was just as good. Uh, maybe a little better. And then th- this season, they've really pushed right up against that bar, you know? So yeah. it's at least as good as the first two seasons. The ending looks like it's going to be really good. Nice. They've really pushed the boundaries of the uh, character development. And it's a little bit more zany, especially in the, in the second half of the season. It's a lot more zany. Oh, interesting. Especially with a, a couple of the main characters. I thought uh, it was pretty it, zany in the first half, which was good. Yeah, yeah, I know. The whole season's more zany than the other two seasons, but but nice. it's also, I mean, the plot is just as serious as the first two seasons. Uh, it's not, nice. it's not all fun and games. It's they just, it's a good mix of fun and serious plot development. So, yeah, uh, agreed. No spoilers. I mean, it was sad when Will died, but other than that, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Totally kidding. Dude, and, and by oh, the way, fail. if he has, I've not seen that yet. So hopefully he didn't actually. But yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so and, and people listening are like, oh, he, crap. they're kind of acting like he might have. Yeah, uh, I, don't I don't know. I hope not. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Season one. And I mentioned this before the first. I think it was four episodes of season one. I really struggled getting into. And I don't know why. I think it was because it was Winona Ryder drove me crazy <laughs> in the first. She's just as bad in this season. No, I mean, in the first season, it was just blubbering, crying everywhere. And it That's was just true. terrible. It was horrible. She's annoying in this season, but nothing. I love her. Nothing more than what. She, and by annoying, I mean, her character's annoying. Yeah. And she's supposed to be, though. So I, yeah. I don't hate it. Like, it's it's Okay. <laughs> The first season, I couldn't stand it. I really like it drove me to not want to watch it. This, I I don't care. Like she's annoying, but it's kind of funny. Actually, they continue to really do the 80s theme really, really well. Yeah, they really do. The whole season. It's just done well. It's not done gratuitously. They don't do it excessively. Well, maybe it's almost borderline excessive, but it's done tastefully. And it's, and if you were ever, if you lived during that period, it's just, oh, yeah. it's just candy. So yeah. yeah. What, what's interesting is that it's, to me, it's not gratuitous or overdone at all, actually, because I, I see it as they're really capturing, you know, second season was 1984 and of mm-hmm. course it was Ghostbusters and it was the Terminator. And I thought that was really cool how they showcased those, you know, it's funny because I think you see first season 1983, there's still the leftover of the seventies fashion that you see. And, yeah. you know, this season it's 1985 and boy, have they hit that pop mid eighties, mid eighties, you know, the crazy, ridiculous colors, the super big teased hair. And oh my gosh, like I, I and you know, what's interesting. I was actually talking about this. If you've seen the preview, this is no spoiler. You know, they feature Starcourt mall and the <laughs> second name of the, the second episode is called mall rats. And I had to laugh at this because these kids are like just obsessed with going to the mall and hanging out and everybody's at the mall. And I was like, I'm thinking to myself, do you remember when we used to all do that? Like nobody does that anymore. It's weird. Malls are dead more or less. And I was a mall rat. So, I mean, I wasn't there all the time, but I went there a lot with my friends all through my childhood. So that's the thing that when I, during the first of the mall scenes where they really, 
presented the 80s mall and in all its glory, there were almost too many people in that mall. It was almost too crowded. Now, maybe it really was like that in a lot of malls and it probably still is in a couple. When I was a kid in the 80s, Phoenix, the malls were that crowded. Okay. But I was a little young in 85 to be hanging out at the mall. So I didn't do that. I was more... I more hung out in the nineties and malls were starting their declines in the nineties. Unfortunately, but I mean, we still did. It's like, you still went to the mall, but it wasn't as cool to do that. Like the eighties, it was a big thing. And you know, should, nowadays you just look at the malls and you're kind of going, huh? <laughs> should we tell them about the Jay and silent Bob Easter egg? I don't know about that one. I don't either. I was just teasing. It. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, was it like a time capsule? <laughs> Except it was, it was back rats. To, you know what I want to know though, is have they done a back to the future? Because that was 1985, and I haven't seen one yet. You'll have to keep watching. Okay. I hope so. Yeah. Doc! Yeah. Anyway, fantastic. Trust as I me. mentioned, the first season I wasn't into as much. It was a little bit more horror. It was some other weird things. But I enjoyed the second half of season one. Johnny Pistol yeah. Shot said the same thing. He couldn't get past the fourth episode and never finished. And I was like, dude, keep going. It's really good once you keep going. Yeah, it's worth it. He and I are kind of on the same wavelength when it comes to that. So he would enjoy that. Second season I loved, and I know a lot of people hated that episode, that one-off episode where Elle goes off and finds her superhero friends, and I was like, dude, that was really good. I don't know why everybody hated that. Yeah, I but didn't mind it. The third season, I mean, right off the bat, it was, friends. it was different. Yeah, it was different in the sense of that, yeah, it's not the season one feel, so I can understand why people aren't liking it as much, but I'm loving the chemistry and the dynamic that's going on, and it's very different but yet the same, like it's the same essence, but there's oh. some differences to it that they didn't have in the first two seasons. I like it. Happy. Yeah. I think it's almost more refined in some ways. It's like they, you know, they've gotten their, they really got their feet wet in this whole, the Duffer brothers are, are just comfortable in the, what they're doing. And so they just keep improving as the seasons go on, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. So I like this season at least as much as season. So good. Who's your favorite yeah. character right now? Uh, Dustin. Dustin. He's awesome. Yeah. I think I would have normally said L because I liked L in the first season quite a bit. She's a close second for me. She's really, really still a great character, but I, I, you know what though? It's funny. I said this. I liked Max, Mad Max in the second season a lot. She's just, I don't know. She added a lot of depth to all the other guys. True. And I like the moniker, the moniker, the name Mad Max. Oh yeah. 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 Although <laughs> as I'm watching season three, I think my favorite character is, is Robin. You know, she's and so that's quirky. A, that'll be a surprise as well. So yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. See, and I've only seen again, first four episodes, but in that right. I'm like, at first I'm like, oh geez, what an annoying character. And then as she, she keeps is going, I'm like, this is awesome. So yeah. once again, adding some cool depth, surprisingly, I mean, I like all the characters. I really do always yeah. have. I mean, even a lot of the very secondary characters, especially late in the season, you'll, you'll meet a couple of Okay. Very secondary characters that really shine nice near the last you know quarter of the season. So what yeah. is funny about this show is that, okay, first season, especially I can relate to it because they were kids in the eighties and you know, now they're teenagers in 1985, but I was, again, I was a kid in the eighties. So in the first season, I was like totally relating to just the kids stuff that they did. And I was mm-hmm. just like, dude, I was those kids, you know, I mean, you just ride your yep. bike home in the middle of the night. No, well, not really. I mean, I, I had parents didn't give a crap. I mean, they did, but you know what I mean? It was just, <laughs> it was just a lot different. <laughs> so it's just kind of fun to be like, yeah, those were me. Those, those were my friends. And yeah, we didn't play. You I weren't constantly play. busy doing soccer or no. s- some other kind of sport. 
all yeah. the time. Your sport was playing in the cul-de-sac, basically. Or you played one sport. And if you didn't like it, then you tried another right. one, you know, you went one at a time. Maybe. You, you know, what was funny is when they're like racing to find a payphone, And I'm like, dude, sadly, I remember those days. Or like you'd try to call on the phone and somebody would be on the phone. Oh, the phone was busy. I'm like, oh, the busy signal. Oh, my gosh. I don't even remember that. Oh, man. They? Could we go on for hours? Yes, we could. Well, it's just it's a nostalgic show. It's funny to watch, yeah. but I really enjoy it. So anyway, and yet times. it's for anybody, even people who weren't back then you know True. can enjoy it just as much it's it's just a very genius show it in is. my opinion yeah and you know it's interesting because remember caffeinatrix who's been on the show I of course i don't know if she's seen any of these shows or not or any of these these seasons but she should oh well i know she has mentioned how she's actually enjoys 80s music and i thought you know you might enjoy oh. this show because you she wasn't alive uh, then so yeah. she'd see the you know like this is what it was yeah. like 20 is kind of cool still, you know i like stand by me and i wasn't born in the 50s so hey well, exactly. It doesn't matter if you were born then or not, you know? Right. Yeah. You like 80s music? Watch Stranger Things. Trust me. Yep. Yep. Because you really get a feel for it. And they honestly, to me, have done the most accurate job of representing the 80s than oh. probably any other movie or TV show that wasn't made in the 80s. If you can tell they try really hard. Yeah. You can tell they're trying very hard and Every they're not detail. trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Every it's just detail. Stuff. They throw stuff at you left and right, like new yeah. Coke and. Oh yeah, and old boxes of of Lucky Charms and just yeah. the the styles and the and oh everything. the cars and everything. Yeah, it's amazing because even if you go back to like the year, of course, you know they'll they'll show specific headlines or you know specific songs that came out during that. But there was mm-hmm. one point where I think Elle was doing her thing where she's you know she zones out and then like connects with somebody. Right, if, if she's, she's looking show, for you know. someone. Yeah. And they 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 kind of like pan down with the camera, and you see the shoes that she's wearing. And I'm like, dude, those, yes, those were '80s shoes. I mean, yeah, I didn't notice that. What kind of shoes were they? I, I like don't know. Converse or something? It or, was or like a, those white puffy ones that had Velcro on the top, and I think it was Velcro, oh Reeboks. But, yeah, I think they were Reeboks actually. But I, re, <laughs> I mean, it's like yes, those were '80s fashion, and those were only '80s fashion. Like they weren't '90s. So they again, they've just paid so much attention to detail that it's it's stunning. In that yeah, sense, it's, it's a work of art. It really is. It is. I'm a big fan of that. I like to notice details and stuff like that. Easter eggs and things. So yeah. Anyway. All right, dude, you've been watching Chernobyl. I've asked some questions as to whether or not it's worth watching. Yes. What do you think? So, wow. I was knocked over on my bootay when I first started watching that show. It's, I've heard people raving about it, but you have to see it to really understand what they were talking about. It's, it's a powerful show. It's a very powerful film. The first episode, your jaws just opened the whole time because mm. it was, I mean, and it happened well within our lifetimes. Like I was 10 when this happened mm-hmm. and I kind of barely heard about it when I was that age. I mean, it was obviously on the news left and right once, once the, once the secret got out, but I don't think anybody, unless you watch this show will really realized unless, unless of course you wrote a master's thesis on it or, or you studied it in school extensively or whatnot, but I, I, I don't did, think most, actually. most Americans. Okay. Well, yeah, most Americans, I don't think really, yeah, really knew how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And this series really brings that home. Like, and the, the, just the soundtrack is masterful. Oh, nice. It's such a depressing, urgent like i'm trying to i'm trying to describe it with the emotions that it evokes it's like a moaning when you listen to the soundtrack it's it's not moaning but i mean you know it's just when you listen to it it's they're like forcing that gravity down your throat basically and Mm. and it's just so you just know that 
oh my God, why are they going closer to that? Or, oh no, th- th- these dudes are going to die and, and they're going to die horribly. And sure enough, and it's just, a fa- it's just amazing. There are parts of it that you mm. just can't believe. That's cool. So it's a pretty heavy thing to watch, but sure. if you don't mind that and you really, you know, are curious about that kind of history, then go nuts. It's a great, great series. You know, totally I'm, different reasons for than Stranger Things. I'm curious about it because you know, 1986 was one of those years: the Challenger explosion and Chernobyl. And I mean, both wow, in one year. Yeah, I remember this. Uh, interestingly, you know, I remember when it came on the news, and for some reason, I was interested in it, and I read into it, and I think we talked about it in school as well. I mean, again, I was a kid during that time, but it's like for whatever reason, there's a lot that I remember about it. I actually saw pictures of Chernobyl, like right mm-hmm. after the meltdown. And I mean, it was just horrifying. Yeah, but I mean, but you don't see the people though. Of course we were too young for that. They didn't show us that, but I'm just saying they showed us that, you know, in, in 1986. Yeah. And then, you know, later they, I've seen pictures over the years where it's like the nuclear. Well, first of all, you see the nuclear winter, the nuclear wasteland and Oh, Hey, look, there's new growth. And so I kind of did some interesting studies on that over the years just uh-huh. to learn more about it. But I don't know a lot about it. I just know, you know, probably what, most people know if not maybe a little more but i have been interested in seeing this because i really want to know what happened and you know more than what i read well and to most of us who weren't there or haven't watched the show the prevailing images of that event were like a wrecked building basically like it was a big square building that had a big blasted hole out of it Mm -hmm. and it's like oh it looks like a bomb hit it or something what's the big deal I mean, it just didn't look that impressive. And so it never really, my, I never really thought about it most of my life. Yeah. And I never really considered it such a vile event in history and such a, such a dangerous event in history well, until you watch this and you're like, oh yeah. my God, that's yeah. what happened. Well, <laughs> so, my, my teachers explained it to me and that was, I mean, to us, you know, as students, and that mm-hmm. was the thing. They talked about what nuclear reactors were and what a nuclear meltdown actually consisted of and how significant and how serious it was and how many lives were lost. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Cause you know, I didn't know that. I mean, you heard about the atomic bombs and you heard about nuclear stuff like that, but you didn't know like what happens when a nuclear reactor basically kind of is di- open to the air. Yeah. Basically gets screwed. That's what know? happened. Yeah. They said, now I don't know how much they were exaggerating, but in the, in the show, they said that one of the actors, the nuclear physicist said that while that reactor was exposed, it was exposing 40 Hiroshima's into the atmosphere every hour. Mm. And it did it for months, mm. 40 Hiroshima bombs, which are, which is not a huge nuclear weapon, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a nuke. Still significant. Uh, yeah. Several hundred kilotons or whatever. And 40 of those every hour for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. That's what was released into the atmosphere. Yeah. How are we still alive? Yeah, that's nuts because it dispersed before it went over. Oh, and it's amazing how it dispersed, but it never really fully. I mean, those those atomic particles are still out there bouncing around. They're just really dispersed. So they're still causing cancer right now. Well, maybe that's why we're having greater cases of cancer. Thanks, Russia. That's probably part of it. Yeah. (laughs) But oh, but it's just such a such an overwhelming human story. I mean, it's just the. It the is. mistakes these poor people made. Yeah. You feel, you don't feel anger towards them. You feel no. so, a, you feel absolute sympathy for their, for having to bend in the wrong place at the wrong time. Basically. Yeah. It was a total accident. Nobody did anything. Yeah, but it was, it was an accident that was caused by human error. Of course. But still, even the people who made the mistakes, they make you feel so bad for them hmm. because of what they had to go through. Yeah. 
So man, okay, well, anyway, it's, it's on my list. I definitely want to watch it because just because I am curious about the history. Yeah, because I remember it. I remember it. Remember that? Yeah. Remember that? Remember when you never know Remember? Well, <laughs> well, back back from the depths, everyone. We're gonna lift you back up again. Yes. And talk about Spider Man. Far from home. Spider Man. Okay, now before I go any further on this one, after I saw the movie was all excited and then I saw some reviews and I saw that some people were either not excited about it or didn't like it or whatever, but you'd already seen it. I'd already seen it. So I don't really care if people didn't like it. Yeah, whatever. It's, it's fine. Here's the thing. This is why I wanted to qualify this because I am not a spider man comic reader fanatic or anything like that. So for those of you who are, you know, have been reading the comics for forever, you may have a completely different take on this and that's totally fair. I consistently say this over and over and over and over and over ad nauseum. If you read the comics and you go into a movie and you watch the movie and you're disappointed, that's your fault (laughs) because they're never going to make the movie like the comics. It's just never going to happen. Maybe someday, but I don't think I've ever seen a movie. I mean, like the comics, even, even Watchmen. Well, I I didn't see that movie to be honest. I didn't watch. You didn't see the movie no. or you didn't read the, read the graphic novel either. Interesting. Go yeah. on. So that being said now, granted, I, I, I understand how people could say, well, they could have kept, you know, certain things true to the comic lore. That's fine. Right. But again, I, I don't know. I like don't know what the Harry comic lore is. Yeah. And I know a lot of people were really upset that it was Zendaya, not some white cheerleader girl, whatever. And whatever. I, they made Zendaya to be kind of the nerd, you know, versus the, the popular, beautiful cheerleader girl, whatever. I don't care. I actually liked Zendaya and I think she's a great actress by the way. And I think she did a really great job. Was she yeah. the Mary Jane from the, uh, you know, Toby Maguire days? No, but I don't care. Like it doesn't bother yeah. me. So I wanted to qualify those things just in case you're one of those people that has seen it, didn't like it, has a lot of problems with it, read the comics, whatever. You're going to completely disagree with me and I, I don't care. I loved That's it. Okay. I thought it was great. That's okay. In fact, I thought it was one of the better Marvel movies. Because, because it was so happy. Yeah, that's it. Just because it's in diet. <laughs> it was just, it was so happy. In fact, I went with uh, one of our neighbors and he was just like, I'm just going to be grinning for three days now. He goes, I'm so happy. That just made me feel so good. And oh, I'm like, me awesome. too. And I'm like, I loved that about it. It just, it was so good in that sense. And that's all that matters. I've been longing. Yeah. How does it make you feel? right? We don't remember necessarily what people say or the content from movies. We remember how the movie made us feel. Yeah. Good or bad. That's all that matters. Yeah. And I have not, I mean, Marvel movies make you feel good typically, but this one made us feel really good. And I was just really impressed with it. Yeah. Were there flaws? Of course, there's no such thing as a perfect Marvel movie. Is it as good as infinity war and Endgame? Uh, You know what? It's so different that no, it wasn't the masterpiece, but in some ways, in some ways I liked this better because it was happier, not necessarily because it was a better movie, but it was just such a fun movie. You know, I thought they did a really, really good job with so many things that the humor in it and the character chemistry was, I thought fantastic by the way. So, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal plays Mysterio, um, ah. which was interesting by the way, again, not knowing the comics, I didn't know where that was going. So if you know a lot of backstory, you may know where the movie goes. And if you don't, you may not know where it's going. And I like that. So I think going in with, again, no expectations, just going in to have a good time was a really, really good time. And 
I enjoyed it. There were some people that were actually complaining about the fact that happy, if you remember happy, how, you know, he didn't really know Spider-Man and why would he care about Spider-Man, you know, and all that because, you know, Tony Stark. So why would he care? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, the way that they did that in the movie made a lot of sense. I thought it was great. I thought there was a great chemistry and relationship that happened there. And well, it's a carry on good. from homecoming. Yeah, but no, it's carry on from Endgame. And it was, oh, a, I, thought, I thought happy was in homecoming. Uh, as well. Yeah, but he didn't care about spider. He was the driver. You know, yeah, pretty but much. He was, was, he was, yeah, you're right. He didn't have a close relationship. With he was him, like, but, don't call me again. Don't call me again. Kind of right. Thing. Right. Tony yeah. was the one that had the relationship with Peter. So, okay. People were saying it was Tony that had the relationship with Peter. Why would happy care about Peter? Well, they explained that because of the way that it <laughs> transitioned from end game. And that's what I was like. Stop analyzing the movie before you see it. <laughs> it was it was good. Good. Well, really I haven't seen it yet, time. so I don't have a review. So, no, but okay. I will definitely take the wife to see it next week. So, yeah. And again, go with an open mind. Have a good time and enjoy. I, I think uh, they they did some amazing transitions from Endgame really well. I think they did some great tributes to Endgame. So, if you've not seen Endgame, you better go see that first before you see this, or else you're going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> okay. Good to know. Yeah, it was good. And, and honestly, again. The hardcore comic fans probably will not like it, but if you're not one of those, you're, you're probably going to love it. Good times. All right, man, there's some other good movies coming out here soon. I want to go see Hobbs and Shaw, which is the, it's kind of like uh, solo, you know, it's the Fast and Furious kind of offshoot. Going to be a total uh, testosterone bro fest, man. I mean, just going to get in there, get jacked on like, I don't know, testosterone and steroids, and then just, you know, grunt, man. Uh, that, no. and, and just like drink protein shakes, man. That That's what the movie's all about. I'd rather watch a Transformers marathon than go to see any of those movies. What do you think Transformers is, dude? That's like a jacked up bro fest, too. That's nerdier, all right? You kidding? Transformers Fast is nerdier. Furious is nerdy, too. No, but. it is not. Okay, fine. Well, I, I've been... Have you ever watched the Fast and Furious movies? No. Well, you can't see anything. <laughs> you don't even know, dude. <laughs> They're great <laughs> movies. It's car racing and bros. It's not yeah. nerdy, right? There's a lot of it really... Is. Okay, you're right. It's not nerdy, but there's a lot of really good story behind it. The first movie is just freaking classic, man. It's awesome. Typical bully stories, you know, and, and like, well, not really in the first two as much as in the third one for sure. The, the Tokyo Drift one. It's interesting because the first one was just kind of its own little thing and then they made a second one and it really wasn't that good, but it's just kind of fun. Third one was like, oh, hey, we're in Tokyo now. What's go? Okay. And then they came out with a fourth one and it's like, let's kind of reinvent the story, but still tie it all together. And that was good. And then you started to make so much money. They're like, well, let's just make a fifth one. Why not? And then it was the biggest one ever. And the fifth one was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that broke records. Yeah. And then I think it was the sixth or seventh one. I can't remember now that tied in some of the story. So interestingly enough, it's like by the time you hit five and six, it's a prequel to number three it's really bizarre how they did it yeah, but sounds it's like star wars it's actually really well done it's masterful they did some really cool tributes to the characters really really beautiful stuff actually i think yeah they've got plans to do like through 10 or something which there's gonna come a point where it's it's gonna just fall apart but jump the shark they're milking of, that cow until yeah. it turns into a shark they can jump over with some water skis but dude That's they're what they're doing there have been some fantastic fast and furious movies if you're into that style of movie so all that being Cars said, and Bros. Hobbs and Shaw, dude, it's The Rock and it's Jason Statham, man. Come on. 
That's just if it be were like, Vin Diesel and Jason Statham. Vin I wouldn't Diesel's hate it as in much. all of the Fast and Furious movies. Well, I know, not all of them. He's in. He's in all but one. But yeah. okay, normally it is Jason Statham, Vin Diesel, The Rock, a bunch of other people. It's awesome. This one is just The Rock and dude Statham. Come on, man. That guy's come on. awesome. I don't even know who he is. Jay, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you mean you don't I know this guy? I can't picture him in my head. I've heard the name. He I talks can't like this. It. He kicks serious butt. He and Jet Li had the same martial arts instructor. So you see Jet Li with his martial arts. That's Jason Statham, except Jason's a bigger guy. And so when he kicks and hits, it looks like it really hurts. <laughs> it's awesome. Have you ever seen the transporter movies? It was like, you know what? I'm, I am ashamed to say that. No, I have not, but I really should have because I've heard those are fantastic. Oh, they are. Well, the first one, especially. Yeah. Yeah. The second and third ones are okay, but the, the first one's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, the it's fight scenes like, are like, oh, it's kind of okay. like heat. It's one of those classic see that. movies that I, I also have not seen. So, okay. Well, anyway, not that the movies are the same. I'm just saying it's the same situation with me. It's like, there's these really good movies that I just haven't seen from a long time ago. Understood. Like okay. you and the Watchmen. Come on. I don't know. I just, just never have. Go see Hobbs and Shaw, man. Do yourself a favor. Get some testosterone and some, you know, steroids and go to the movie theater, man, and just go to town. Yeah. yeah. Shoot up in the theater. Don't take Shoot my steroids. advice. Don't take my advice. It's bad advice. Do as we say, not as we do. I am going to go see the movie and I'm not going to do testosterone and steroids because that would, that would screw you up and causes a lot of other problems. But anyway, but it might make the movie a lot cooler. So it might. So will popcorn. But anyway, that too, I've got this great game that I think, well, I found out about it. I think it's a year old now, year or two old now you played it. Yeah. I played it with my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Up too late. Or as if you spell it out, it's up too late, which that's not good. Yeah. Anyway, I'm shouting Crazy. out to up too late slash up too late. Yeah, it's, it's called a way out. And apparently it's one of the true co-op games that they've you know created. It's a two player co-op game. Haven't finished it yet. I mean, we're a little ways into it, but just started yeah. playing it. And it's wow. It's very interesting. So even though it's played online, you actually do have split screen, which I typically hate. But in this one, it was really funny because you can see what the yeah. other person's doing, which mm-hmm. is cool because you're like, oh, this is awesome. So it's one of those games where one person has to, for example, go a different route to open up like a door from the other side so that, you know, the other person can get through the premises. One of the characters um, goes to jail for, he was in crime, I think. And, and, but he got, he kind of got set up, I think is what happens. And then the other guy was completely innocent, not in crime at all. And, same kind of thing also got set up and actually it was nothing was his fault. He wasn't, he was completely innocent and got sent to prison. So you've got two guys who are one guy's completely innocent. One guy's mostly innocent. And so it's like, how's let's, let's circumstantially break. innocent. Sir. Yeah, exactly. They're, I like that better. So, you know, it's like, let's break out of prison, <laughs> which, you know, I, I can't endorse the storyline <laughs> <laughs> at all. But it's, when, when does it take place? Like in the seventies, like, like mid to late sixties. It's Vietnam. Oh, era. The yeah. There's actually oh, okay. a headline that talks about Vietnam war on one of the newspapers. So it's really cool. Been too long. It, well, I didn't even notice that. I, in fact, I had no idea what years it was, but it's very much, it reminds me so much of like Shawshank redemption. Yeah. When so you're in prison much. a little bit. Yeah. 
but get well in the breakout. That's everything's just part like of that. The, yeah, that's just part of the game, and and it's a yeah. true co-op game. You have to play it with someone else. That you can't play it uh, against the computer. I don't think. No, it's, you can't play solo at all. Yeah, it's, it's impossible, it's, and it's two people only. Mm-hmm. So, and the cool part is you that one person has to spend the thirty dollars, and then they can invite their friend for free. Yes, you get what you. So call only one person has pass. to buy it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you could share it, say $15 each, or actually I just found this out too, that it's through origin by the way. So if any of you are familiar with gaming, there's various companies now that have their platforms. So like, yeah, there's steam, there's, um, Epic. Yeah. Epic. There's origin, Origin, there's blizzard, all of those you play. Yeah. And they have various games underneath it. And origin is, I mean, it's funny because I was playing it for apex legends and, I realized that they've got a ton of freaking games there. I mean, a lot, like a lot of games that yeah. Steam even has too. And the game was $30 and I thought, oh, that's not bad for a you know, two-year-old game. Um, I thought, well, maybe. And then I found out that you can actually subscribe to Origin for $30 a year to play pretty much all of their games that they have on the platform. There's a couple of restrictions, but there are a lot of games on there. And then, of course, they're coming out with new stuff. And so I'm going like, that's actually really reasonable. Yeah. So so like battlefield one, four, five are all on there and you can play those for the $30 a year. You can play a way out. I mean, there's a ton of games on there. All the star Wars games are on there. And I thought battlefront one, two, yeah. One battlefront one is dead. Don't try it. Battlefront two is still very much alive. Yep. Although classic battlefronts and, but I just got to thinking, okay, wait, $30 for a game that I may or may not like, or $30 a year to try all these games. And if I like them great, then I got my money's worth. And if I didn't like them, great. Didn't lose anything. I move on to the next game. I'm like, Hmm, I kind of like this. It's like Spotify versus buying albums of music. And I was just kind of like, Ooh, I kind of like this little idea of paying for a subscription to certain platforms rather than having to buy each game for 10 to $50, depending on what you spend. And especially if they have that much to choose from like origin does. So, I mean, Blizzard, they, you know, their, their battle.net, which is ancient, uh, mm-hmm. has maybe they're, they're constantly building their stable, but they've only got like maybe 10 games right now or, or so if that, yeah. Uh, yeah. but origins got like dozens, oh. uh, steam, there's steam, 200, I don't think you can do something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Steam has thousands of games, but you can't do a subscription like that. I don't think. No. So, well, what do you think about the subscription thing? I think it's a great idea uh, and it works really well for the portals like origin, like mm-hmm. Epic, like the other growing ones. Daybreak games has brought the rights to EverQuest one and two from Sony online or no, actually from whoever Sony sold it to mm-hmm. quite a while ago. And they've got a whole bunch like planet side and they've got a whole bunch of other games you can play. Same thing. You can subscribe that. Well, okay. They're $15 a month though. So it, it varies from portal to portal, but I think that the, model that that is starting to become more prevalent is a great idea especially if they have obviously if they have more games so origin's probably the best deal i've seen so far oh for sure i mean they have a hundred dollar a year option but i don't see the value in that at all but the 30 years is amazing what's what's incredible for me is that there are very few games that i go back and replay there are a few or there's like you know the games like guild wars as i've said guild wars 2 where you just play and play and play because they keep adding stuff, you know, so that's worth buying and stuff. But I mean, I got to be honest, like most of the games that I play, I'm more than happy to pay for a subscription if it's reasonable like this to play those games and then move on rather than buying them once and keeping them and going, well, that was kind of worth it. Yeah, most games are kind of worth it. 
There's right. only a few. I've got that a whole phenomenal. library of Steam games that only a handful are playable multiple times for me. Yeah. So. Mm, okay. Well, subscriptions. Maybe thousands we'll of dollars worth of games, dude. Ugh. I know. I know. <laughs> well, it's like taking bets on music. You know. Well, I, I like this artist, and hopefully this album's good. And it's like, well, with Spotify. I don't care if it sucks. Then I, oh well, didn't I didn't lose anything on it? You know. Yeah. So I but like I'm, it, man. Well, anyway, there you go. That's some of our little pop culture fun stuff and good times, but we'll have of course more next week. I've got some music I want to share with you next week and some, some cool drinks and food stuff that I, we got to get, I got to share this next week. Keep trying. I keep like writing this down to share it, but we just run out of time. All right. Well, it's been fun. I, I think it's time to go. Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's, there's one more thing we have to do. I suppose because people are actually starting to contact me and saying, Hey, the real Brian, you know that thing that Captain Influence does at the very end of the show? You know that like less than shallow kind of pondering moment? Those are freaking hilarious. And if you ever take those away, I will hunt you down and I will go after you and... Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. I bet they'll still have ice cream a million years from now because there will surely still be ice somewhere and darn it, there better still be cream. That's why I always root for India. They'll keep the cows around for sure. Well, you know what the music means? Captain Influence. Mm. Thanks so much. That's right. <laughs> that was fun today. There's some good stuff yeah. out there. Good go stuff. get busy watching always movies fun. and TV. Don't don't go outside. Don't spend time with family <laughs> or friends. Just sit in front of Netflix, man. All right. There's so much to watch right now. Oh, by yeah, the way, great. Chernobyl's on HBO. Yeah, that's right. right. Now, so, yeah. Well, have a great one. We're signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.